Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Hello, welcome back to season two of Essence Learning, our Perspectives podcast. I am so happy to be back, and I'm very excited for today's topic as we talk about women and minority leaders. And for those of you who are listening, um, it's such a sad ordeal to not miss out on the energy in the room because I am sitting here and having the chance to talk to three CEOs who are women and who are minorities, and we're going to have a great conversation today. So before I jump into what we're going to talk about, I'd like to give our three CEOs and our women um, the chance to introduce themselves. So let's go ahead, and we want to start with Valerie. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Kiki, for being here, and uh, especially to Abigail and to Yvette for joining us on this very important topic Um I've been with Essence Learning uh, since 2003, and uh, since 2018, we really just got started on our leadership journey. And so these types of topics are very particularly important to uh, Essence Learning and to myself. We talk about leaders in the workplace, and we start to look at the dynamics of the leaders in the workplace. It's a very important topic, women and minorities, and how does that dynamics work now? Um, and it's important for us as leaders to share, you know, the the value that we as women and minorities bring to the organization. So this this topic is very important to me. So thank you all for joining and listening. Uh, and we look forward to getting some feedback from you all uh, after you've heard the podcast. But uh, I'll turn it over to you, uh, Abigail. Hi, my name is Abigail Moore, and I'm the CEO for the San Antonio Council on Alcohol and Drug Awareness. I'm the first Latina to lead this organization uh, that's been around for 51 years. And so I see it as an honor and a privilege uh, to be able to learn and to give back to the community. Awesome. That's amazing. Yvette? Well, I am so honored to be here with such distinguished <laughs> ladies and powerful leaders. My name is Yvette Mayo, and I am the CEO of Power on Heels Fund, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. But I'm also I'm, I'm the president and CEO of Yo Soy I Am, which is a consulting firm. So like many women today, we are multi, you know, multifaceted and, and leading in different mm-hmm. spaces. So my company started in 2004. And, um, and so I run two organizations in parallel. So a lot, um, a lot of women out there doing that same thing. So I'm so happy to be here to share some insights, but most importantly, part of this leadership journey that I'm part of, but all of us that's are part of. Right. Yes. Oh, great. Thank you all for introducing yourselves and giving such great background information about who you are and and sharing that with us. So let's go ahead and jump into this, because I think it's going to be a great conversation that we're going to have regarding women in the workforce. So there has recently been a shift, right, in our workforce and how we're composed of, and women currently make up majority of the workforce at 52%. However, there is still a gap when we talk about women and minority women in those leadership positions, um, especially when we're looking at for Fortune 500 companies or any mid-sized level company, there seems to be a lack of minority women. Can you share your experience as a woman minority leader? We're very interested in understanding your highs, your lows, your insecurities. What are some of the things that you have had to overcome um, being in the positions that you are in now? I know that you've gotten there. What are some of those things and those challenges that you've all had to overcome? 
we can start with Yvette, if that's okay. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I think one of the things that I hope that we, we will experience in our lifetime, ladies, is the fact that we can stop saying she's the first. Oh, <laughs> can yes. we just can we just get over that conversation? I, it, 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 when I hear it, I mean, I guess I celebrate it for a moment, and then the next moment is, my goodness, when are we going to stop being the first at anything? You know, women have been leading since the beginning of time. Right. But um, but the question is um, the title. You know, there is some there's responsibility and there's all this um, acknowledgement to the title. I believe women are more than capable to lead in any level, level one at the C-suite level, um, starting their own businesses. I think it comes down to some confidence. I think that um, I know I can't speak for everyone here, but I know that for myself, um, as a, a person who was productive in my 30-year career in aviation, banking, and real estate, I was very successful. I made a lot of people a lot of money, but the take, I hesitated when it uh, came to time to take on more leadership responsibilities. I fully accepted my roles at organizations, but it took others to push me into leadership. They saw things in me that I didn't see or believe in myself. And I think that it was where I was in my mid-30s where I made that personal shift where I decided that I can do this and I can do it well and do it better. And so that's when I decided that I had to make that shift. So I think there may be some people out there who may be feeling the same way. And I and I and Valerie and I were speaking prior to this and one of the things that I find in my training um, of women and working with organizations, Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 companies that I have the privilege of working with, is helping women at all levels understand that they deserve to be there. That's right. They are worthy. But most importantly, they have what it takes. You know, when it comes to applying for a job, a man will apply for a job on potential. Yes. You know, he'll yes. see 10 bullet points and he says, I can do three and I can learn the other seven. <laughs> Right. A woman will see the same 10 bullet points and say, I can only do four. I'm not going to do this because I'm not qualified. Right. Right. So we have to create that shift in ourselves to believe, you know what? I've gotten this far. Those three, four, five, six Mm -hmm. things they need from me. I can learn those you know, in this new role, because I'm more than capable. And I, I don't, I don't want to stop your flow, but I want to just interject right here. But I want you to keep going with your thoughts. One of the things that, when you said that, the men say, "Well, you know what? I can do three of those and train on the other seven. Right. But the opposite side of that is they trust that they will learn it. Women haven't gotten that space yet where you mm-hmm. know, they come in and say, well, we only have seven. I don't know if you can do the, you've got seven. I don't even know if you can do the other three. Right. Where a man can come in and say, I got three. And they're, oh, well, you'll get the other seven. So we've right. got to really get in that space where the men, where people will understand that we may not have all seven, but believe just like you believe for the man that we can also make those, we can make that leap and develop in that way. So I, I but that was just interesting, no, I, I, trusting in that. Yeah, we do. We have to trust in that. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to build that personal confidence yeah. in ourselves. And that's why I believe that women have the capacity to lead. Right. It's the belief that we have to incorporate in ourselves yes. and not only ourselves, but the, the generation around us mm-hmm. and those that we are mentoring and helping foster, you know, the idea that they can lead as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Sally. It was just it just sparked a whole. I don't, I don't want to take us down the rabbit hole, but it just sparked a whole other conversation in me. You know, in terms of the trust that women are coming in, and some of that barrier that we were talking about before as to why I don't really want to apply for that job is because uh, I'd have to develop the seven, and will they give me the opportunities? Will I be able to, or will I always be chasing 
that uh, where a man could come in and they'll say, oh, well, we'll put you through this class or we'll take you through this. So those equal opportunities and those uh, resources, we as women have to come in and ask for them, say, you know what, I'd only have the seven, but I can do the three and need you to trust me and give me 90 days. Can, you know, we have to sell that. And men, sell don't, and men don't really have to do that, but we're in that position and that's where we are. And we just need to recognize that and be aware that we're in a position where I'm going to apply for the job and I'm going to do a good job mm-hmm. and I can show you that I can do it. But um, it's just already that trust factor for men that we still are trying to build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Abigail, we'd love to hear your perspective on this as well. Okay, so uh, I believe that as women, uh, my leadership style is trying to be that servant leader. Uh, I see the strengths in other people and what can I do? What can I contribute to that individual to um, help them be successful at whatever position they're in? So looking at people's strengths and looking at opportunities and resources. And my leadership style has always been that servant leader because I can't lead by myself. It, it takes a team to be successful out there. And then how can we bring other people along, whether it's uh, minorities, women, uh, you know, just individuals that are doubting themselves. And I see the strengths in others and how can we help develop them along the way so they can be successful. Yeah. I've always had people pour into me um, and um, show me that I have the, the skills, the tools, and uh, the uh, personality to lead. And so it's often uh, being able to pass that along to other people. Great. Yeah, and, and when you all were talking, I got a lot of common themes around that. And a lot of it, and that's a great segue, Abigail, to really what we want to talk about next is, you know, instilling that confidence in others. I know that myself, as, as being a new leader in the executive world, I go in sometimes unconfident and unsure of myself. But I want to make sure that I'm confident and also bring people along with me, like Abigail said. So how do we, how do we, or how can organizations make that room and that space for more minority women. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna kind of lead me lean back into the last question and kind of work myself to to where you where you want us to go right now, Kiki. One of the things as women was we experienced the shift that we've been talking about to 52% of the women are are in the workplace. I don't know how many of those are leaders. We you know that mm-hmm. that number. Um, and I started thinking about this morning when. When I got into this space, and I was even sharing with Yvette a little early, when I got into this space back in 1975, we were, women were just getting into the workplace, 1973. We were just now walking into the space. So here at a very young age, uh, a woman, African-American woman at a very young age, with no no college at that time, right? right. Just coming out of high school in 75. I graduated high school in 75. So I was walking into a, a savings and loan. Uh, business. Leadership was not the term. It was, I had an occupation in a, a career in a cor- corporate environment that was, you know, a- administrators or whatever. I was a teller, right? Going into that environment. You don't necessarily at that point earlier in this, in, in my career, didn't necessarily think about becoming a leader. Um, that was not what was presented to us. So oftentimes I realize, I think, are we presenting those opportunities for our people now, uh, mm-hmm. for minorities, for women? That it's just not, you're just not, you know, you're coming at entry level. And so the career opportunities, we don't necessarily present it as you, you can be a leader. 
And so I talk to people all the time. You lead from wherever you are. You're a leader. Right. I use that term. Um, I'd rather use that term than employee or acquaintance or colleague. This is a leader in our organization. This is a leader. And I would, because you lead from where you are and you are leading someone, you're influencing someone, you have uh, a contribution of, that's unique. And so when you bring that unique contribution and influence, you're leading someone. And sometimes you lead up, you lead your boss. Sometimes you leave, you know, your colleagues around. Mm-hmm. So I, to kind of further, to answer your question, is you, know, you got to really think to talk to people in that space that you're not an administrator, you're a leader. You may be the lead administrator, but you're still leading. Um, and uh, you may be a leader as the CEO, um, but you still have to lead um, the peers. You still have to lead ex- externally. So your leadership roles, um, I like to think of everybody as a leader, I guess, lead from, from where you are. I think we talked about that. And then my style and kind of talking to what Abigail was saying, my style is to empower people to lead. So when I talk to you that way, my expectation is that you're going to respond as a leader. Now, I don't want you to go beyond your potential. You want everybody to feel comfortable. This is this is this is my capacity. I respect that, and I want you to operate in that. Mm-hmm. But I want you to lead where you are. So if if you say I'm an administrator and that's really all I want to be, then I want you to be a lead administrator. I want to be the best administrator. So I'm going to challenge you and push you in that role to your potential. Right. If you say I want to be the next president, then and you are an administrator, then we're going to push you, push you, push you until you get there. But we're not past your capability. So. That's kind of my style is to challenge people to make sure that I understand what their potentials are, what their dreams are, what their mm-hmm. aspirations are, because everybody doesn't want to be in a position of VP or, but I think everybody is a leader and they want to be respected as a leader of their own talent, leader of their own selves, and not necessarily a leader in the position. So that title doesn't give you a leadership role. But, you know, you're responsible as a one person to another to lead in the environment you're in. And so that's right. kind of what I think about women and minority leaders. So I, I struggle with titles. I even, my daughter's like, what do you want to, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what I want you to put. I just, <laughs> just, you know, a leader, you know, that's kind of, I don't want you to put me a CEO founder or co- coach facilitator. Cause you're all of those things, right? right. You're all of right. those things. And so to try to put that on a, under your name. Right. It's hard. Exactly. Yeah. So that was my speech. I probably have anything else to say. Yeah. It was always going to say for the whole podcast. <laughs> no, but I, I, I really want to build on that because so when we talk about when when we define leadership styles, mm-hmm. I think we have different leadership styles in different places yes. in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think leadership is situational. Um, mm-hmm. It can be it can be in a personal situation about personal choices and decisions you have to make for self. So you have to learn to lead yourself. Often right. as women, we're right. always taught to serve others. Don't think about ourselves. If we have twenty dollars, do we give this to our family or to our community? You know, before we always spend that on ourselves, so we're always thinking outward. But I think when we talk about leadership today right. and for women to move forward in the leadership role, we have to, as women, accept the fact that we lead. Right. We lead each and every day. We lead in our homes. We lead in our businesses. We lead, lead in our communities. We lead in our, for our causes. We, ha- even in conversations, right. we are always leading ideas mm-hmm. and we're moving things forward. So I think we have to accept that and embrace that because for too often, Men don't always think women lead. They think that we manage Manage things, things. but we don't lead things. And so we just need to help kind of demystify this, this idea. 
because, you know, one of the things that I um, recently, I love the fact that Abigail says she's the first Latina. So not only did, was she maybe not the first woman, but the woman, a woman of Hispanic descent, you know, we have to break so many different barriers. Cause when I show up, I'm a woman over 60. I am a woman. I'm a minority woman of Hispanic descent. You know, I, I have disabilities. So all of these things, I represent all of all those, those things. Of those so things. I lead from those places. So we have to understand that we have a responsibility as leaders to accept that. And I think that's one of the challenges we have. And then leadership is not defined by a title or a parking space or your salary, you know, because um, there are situations now where people are having to lead. Society is pushing us into places we've never been. And we have to accept it and we have to move courageously into these roles. Did you hear the word courageous? You know, and um, and I want women who are listening today is to understand this one word. Accept the word of disruptive. Mm-hmm. Disruptive means we're going to get somewhere um, in a different way. And as we move forward in our roles in leadership, mm-hmm. we are disruptors. And that is part of our leadership role. And it's okay. And it's okay. okay. And it's okay. Because one of the challenges I have as, as, a, as, a, as a business owner, as a facilitator, as a coach, one of the things that I, it saddens me is to see confident women who have led in the corporate space and the recent years who've lost their space because of downsizing and reshaping of organizations. And now they're transferring their skill sets into new businesses. Right. And the struggles that they have because they don't know what to call themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to do. They know that they have these skills, but now they're trying to package it. And then one of the things I have to constantly say to them is you have to lead yourself through Mm -hmm. this. Like if you were leading a project or a team or an organization, you have to lead yourself in the same way. And it's so hard to see these women struggle with creating this shift, Mm -hmm. not only a mental shift, but this emotional shift shift that they require. So um, I just want to applaud women who are out there who are leading. You're leading in all the different places in your life. But most importantly, you are changing the framework of what America sees as leaders because we face structural biases that have been designed to keep us out of leadership roles. We we deal with biases, unconscious biases and conscious biases in the workplace because there are some people who believe that women shouldn't lead aren't capable of leading, right? right? But then we also have to also change our belief system because someone told you, you know, that's not for you. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And we believe them. So I think this is why we as women can do all of these things, but it starts with courage and confidence. Mm -hmm. Right. Great. No, great information. Abigail, do you have anything you would like to add to that? I'm sorry. I'm sure. Yes. Uh-oh. <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm in agreement with what both ladies were saying. And yes, right, Abigail. Are you on mute, Abigail? No. She's good. Hello, testing. Okay. I'm sorry. Can you hear me okay? I think we'll have to. Okay. Go ahead, Abigail. Okay, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry about that. So yes, I'm I'm in agreement with what both ladies were saying, and it's that confidence. And where does that confidence come from? And and being able to take a look at ourselves and know that we do have some of the challenges that that in the workplace where does a woman belong there? Um, you know, do, does she have the attributes and the qualifications? Um, but that we can say the same thing about counterparts 
as far as men and uh, being right. able to say, I can learn, I can be, um, I can contribute. I have a lot to share. Um, I, I want to be a part of a team that succeeds. And so being able to have those attributes of, of belief in, in yourself. And even when we don't believe in ourselves, when we're a little doubtful about our, our full capacity, we got to go forward. We got to go forward. Yeah, we got to lean. We got to lean in and believe that what we contribute as women to our families, to our churches, to our businesses, or just to the community in general is valuable, valuable and needed. Yeah. Needed. Amen. Good. Yeah. And all of this, all of the, you know, building the confidence and building that up with leadership. It also reminds me a lot of imposter syndrome, right? Because as women, we go through those things as we feel we're not that person, and so we're impostering them, and we're, we're mimicking those behaviors. And especially when you're maybe one of two females in the room, and there's 20 men that are leaders. So how do you all, how do you all man, lead yourselves? I don't want to say manage, but how do you all lead yourselves when you're in that room full of men? Um what experience have you had? What is the resistance when you're in that, that arena in that area? And especially when you have to lead men as well. I struggle uh, with the term imposter syndrome because I, I think I'd never really felt like I was an imposter. I always was so authentic and true to myself in spite of myself, you know, I, mm-hmm. that didn't always serve well for me, but uh from a career perspective, but it served well for me when I went home at night to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I walk in the room and I am me and you are you and um, full and full, full and full. And, and so if you can't accept that, I always left that to be your problem. You know, so when I walk in the room and a man is having a tr- struggle with me being in the room, I didn't have a struggle with them being in the room because I expected them to be in there. So when I walked in the room, I expected it to be a room full of white males because that's the makeup. So when I walked in, what I had to stop myself was, um, thinking through what they were thinking. So, you know, I'll, I walk in the room, I'll, they, they think I'm this, I think of that. And so I had to stop that and said, it doesn't matter what they think. Who are you when you walk in the room? And so I stopped myself quite early in my career, walking in the room and, and trying to interpret and guess what you were thinking about me. Um, and I started to react. I mean, I started to uh, to talk to you in the way that I wanted you to react to me. And so I learned behaviors that way. So, and to predict, if I do this, cause and effect, I do this, you're going to respond this way. And so I started to walk into a room and say, this is what I want to happen. Me and my two people, me and my sister girl who are walking in with me, this is what we want to happen in the room. And this is what we're trying to sell. This is our presentation. This is what we need to. And so if I say this or do that, then this should cause that type of response. And so I stayed in that space. Um, and so at the response to me most of the time, and not all the time, but generally, was she knows what she wants. She's going to ask for what she wants, and we're probably going to give it to her. And so when that was the the foundation that you build when you walk into a room, you walk and say, I'm coming in here for a purpose. I'm not coming in here to interpret how you think about me or build me up or brother trust. That's not really where my space is. Um, I also know outside of that room, there's that work that needs to be done to create that environment. But when I walk in that room, I'm coming in as me and I'm not going to be, I'm just, I'm, here I am. Here you, you are. Know, and, and, you know, and um, 
I don't want to offend you, but I don't want to be offended. So we're gonna we listen. We're gonna. I want. I want to trust you, and I want to be trusted. I want respect. And give, respect. give respect. So we do all of that uh, with the words of the behaviors, um, and not necessarily. Well, I'm gonna wait to see what they say, and I'm gonna wait till I'm treated. I, I just have. You know, I'm. Yeah. We at yeah. the table. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, hi yo. It's good to see. You. How's your wife? Okay. Well, my, let me tell you about my kid. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and so I never really have had to be an imposter. I don't think. In, in, in my, in my mind frame. The other thing that you, you, you ask is how do I resist? Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm unaware because I know that there is things to resist, but I leave it for them to deal with because if that's their wall and that's their barrier and they don't want to receive what I bring to the room, I come up with another way to get around that wall or help that barrier, but I don't push against the wall. That to me, that's a waste of energy. That I come in and I you push against a, a, a wall. That's mm-hmm. a, that that takes a lot of your energy. Right. So if I see this wall, I go, okay, that's for them to deal with. What is the reason for the wall? Is it me? Is it something they learned over the years? Is it experience? Is it, you know, but I don't try to hit that wall and say you need to put that wall down and listen to me. I, you know, I, that's. That's not where I am. So I work around and say, okay, I understand that wall. I try to get to know that individual or the group. And then I work around that because those are the skills I think we need to have. How to, how to manage, um, the different personalities, the different issues and different biases and different things coming up. We need to know uh, how to manage that. So I use my skills to help manage around that wall and not try to push up against it. But I think I think what you're saying, and I really want to build on that, is is that any time that you give into that, you're giving power to that. That's right. So you are then giving away your power. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I want to just bring the conversation back to the individual woman who uh-huh. who we need to build up and see herself as a leader uh-huh. is that in order for us to move forward into spaces where we have never been before, that we are venturing, we're like Star Trek, like Captain Kirk, we are exploring <laughs> new destinations. You know, but the reality Absolutely. of but the reality of it is we have to accept that. And one of the things that um we I want to address is because my nonprofit focuses on gender pay gap. Mm-hmm. Not only are we failing to uh, join the leadership ranks um, at a higher mm-hmm. level where we deserve to be, but we're also not being paid equal pay yeah, right. for yeah. the work and our capabilities. And so, ladies, I just want to go back to that word of power. Mm-hmm. And men who are online, who are watching as well, we don't want to, because um, you need to hear this too, is, is that we need to practice our power of ask. We Absolutely. need to ask for what we want, but we also need to ask for what we need. And far too many times I hear from women who are negotiating salaries, um, they don't ask. They walk away and simply accept, well, we're offering this. I'm saying to you, no, n- do your homework before you get there. Right. Know what the market will bear. Know what that company's um, 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 status is and know that you can come mm-hmm. in. A young lady called me last week and um, she was one of uh, a lady that I was ment- uh, mentoring and in a coaching session. And she was so excited. She applied for a new job and the job doubled her salary. She was so excited. Right. And then she took the job two weeks in. She is doing some work because she's now in human resources and she's not doing this work and she realizes that she makes $40,000 less than the person who was hired six months ago who happens to be a man right but right. guess what 
her pay scale allowed it to go up to that point. So she was excited that they doubled her salary, but now she's mad because she didn't get that extra 40. She could have tripled her salary. It was a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity. So now she's mad at herself. And I, and I say that to all of you is how many times have you been in a situation where you walked away mad at you? not at the situation. So I, if we can get anything about yeah. leadership and, and leading personally, our, our leading for ourselves is we have to get, we have to become more aware of situations we're in. We have to adapt more to the room, listen to the language in the room, how they speak, how they conduct themselves. Do they look scared? Then we don't need to be scared. Learn to adapt to the culture and the community that you're going into. Make that part of your 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 learning. What are you reading? Are you reading books on leadership? Are you learning that there are leadership styles? There's leadership plans. There's all these different things. What are you doing to invest in you as a leader? And and if you're listening to podcasts, or you um, pick up a book, or are you? Do you have a mentor? Do you have a sponsor? Do you have an advocate? an ally within your workspace or in your in your entrepreneurial community. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are, these are all different things. See, in order for us to grow, we have to know that these are assets that we need to obtain. We need to hold on to, but it all starts with the power of ask. What do I need? What book are you reading? What should I say? Um, let's meet before the meeting, a meeting before the meeting. So that way you get buy-in. There's so many different things that we need to do, but we have to be informed. Awareness. And so awareness is so Education. critical. So that way when we hear and we hear about that woman who is the first woman in this and the first woman in that, we celebrate her, but then we're going to say, okay, who's next? Who is next? And let me tell you, um, all of these, there are women who are leading in different places. So you want to really um, get really um, down to it. There's a lot of CIOs. There's a lot of CFOs. There may not be a lot of CEOs, but women are leading at high right, places. places. So right. get informed. Be, let their stories inspire you, right? right. And, and let their stories motivate you. Right. And then share that, communicate that. But most importantly, let's celebrate it when we hear about it. Right. I think those are some great tools, right, that people who are listening, I hope you're taking copious amounts of notes, because those are some really some great tools that you can take away to how to start educating yourself and how to really start to get yourself into leadership and to really start to learn, reading those books listening um, to podcasts, but not only that, mentorship, right? It's so huge right now in, in getting a mentor and getting the right mentor and getting the right group of sponsors, or I like to call them your board of directors. Who's going to boost your name up? Who's going to boost your brand? Who's going to help you along with that ride? Who's going to say your name behind closed doors? Behind closed doors, right. Yes. So, and that gives so much hope for our future leaders. We have a, a new generation, Generation Z, and they're coming into our workforce. And not only that, they're also starting new companies as well. So I want to get some final advice and words. What are you, What would you tell that future leader right now? If they were sitting here in front of you, what advice, what words of advice would you give that future minority women leader? Let's start with Abigail. Yes. Well, <laughs> um, and I think this was already said earlier, uh, you are who you hang around with. 
So yeah. as your leaders are coming up, it's really important that they receive mentorship, that they are around other leaders, that they are around successful leaders. And so they're able to grow and to learn and to develop new skills and uh, just be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Valerie? I think we said a lot of things, uh, and I was writing them down as we were talking, things around awareness and education. I think that we need to be aware of what's going on and what's real and what's not real. What are things that we've heard and believe it's true, but it's not, uh, you know, we think this is happening in our environment because this is what, you know, I, I didn't get paid this and so they don't like me and so we start making up stories. We want to deal with the facts. So I think that we need to be aware, we need to be educated. I think the idea that you brought up, you bet around responsibility. It's a shared responsibility. It's not something that an organization owes us or is planning to do for us. They're there to make money. They're there for their business. They have their own scope of reasoning for being there. Um, and so when we have our own reason for working, whatever that is, uh, and we need certain resources at certain times, then we need to be responsible for bringing that up and be brave and courage, courageous enough to do that. And then take our space, own our space, own who we are, be ourselves, be authentic, um, and fall on your own sword. I mean, if it's, if it's, you know, if it's, if you're going to die, die believing in what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're not going to make it at that organization fight, but if you're going to make it, you're going to make it as you and you're not that imposter that you were bringing up here earlier, Kiki. So, mm-hmm. um, that's mine is, is to, to, to re- remember that we're always going to be shifting. Uh, I said I started in 75. How many shifts have I made from wife to, to mother? to uh entrepreneur you know so you, you're shifting and so you've got to be able to identify yourself but that's through education awareness and courageousness and taking responsibility so all those shifts could only happen if you do those things in my opinion no absolutely absolutely so for me um i i'm so honored to be here with um these powerful ladies but what i want you to remember is this that we're disruptive mm-hmm. we have it. to we have to help get to new destinations in a new way. We And then we have to be able to feel comfortable in leading that. Um, be informed. Um, most importantly, awareness is, is so so critical here. But we also have to change belief systems, not of just others, but ourselves. Someone has told you something that you are holding on to your truth. And I'm here to tell you right now, it's no longer your truth. You have to rebuild your own truth, especially when it comes about your personal leadership and who you are and how you're going to lead. Because you can't pour into others until you can pour back into yourself, right? It's like, you know, it, on the airplanes, they tell you to put the mask on first before That's you right. help someone else. And I want your leadership um, um, style to reflect that as well. Pour into you so you can take that wisdom and knowledge and pour that into someone else. But I think the most important thing is I think we can all agree that being a courageous and confident leader is what we need for women to be, whether they're nonprofit leaders, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're in their corporate space or their housewives, mothers, teachers, wherever they are in life, that they understand that they are capable and more than capable to lead. And we look forward to seeing your leadership. Great, great words of advice for our future female leaders. Um, I think for any leader, any leader, leader, female, male, whoever, um, this is great words of advice. So I want to take time to say thank you, ladies, for having the conversation with me today. In regards to that, there are great nuggets that I'm going to take away and apply to my leadership journey and my leadership future as well as I keep continuing to climb that ladder. Um, and for those of you in the, not in the studio or can't see us or listening, I wore flowers today because my mom always told me 
give people their flowers before they're gone <laughs> so that you can show that how inspiring they are. So I wore flowers because all of you are very inspiring oh, to me. You. So these flowers are for you. <laughs> and so thank you all so much for joining us for SS Learning right. Perspectives podcast. And we can't wait for you to join us for our next episode. Thank you, Kiki. Thank you, Lev. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755. That's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful.